Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Just going to be me today, and in today's episode, we are going to be previewing the Stanley Cup Final between the Boston Bruins and the St. Louis Blues kind of recap both teams, kind of, you know, how they're headed, coming in, heading uh, into this series, uh, kind of what to expect in the series, uh, and then, sorry I keep saying, uh, and then I'm going to give my kind of check marks, which team is better goaltending, which team is better defense, offense, we'll get to all of that, then we're going to, my reaction to the all-defensive NBA teams, those were announced earlier today. And then we're going to go over the Red Sox 10-3 loss yesterday against the Toronto Blue Jays. So first, we're going to start with the Bruins versus St. Louis Blues. Stanley Cup playoff preview. Sorry. So, let's get to that. Okay, so if you haven't heard already, which I highly doubt, the St. Louis Blues will be going off against the facing off against the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, this is uh, the St. Louis Blues are a very good story. Uh, going on to January 3rd, that morning, they were last place. They stormed all the way up to Western Conference champions. Now, if you told me that day that the Blues were even going to make the playoffs, I would have laughed at you. If you told me they were going to make the playoffs, I would have laughed. I'm not going to lie. I, I think that's the case for everyone. If you thought the Blues were going to make even the playoffs, you, I don't know if you're crazy or you just, you're really good fortune teller. I, I think, I don't know. But, man, they are a great story. Jordan Bennington, very good story as well, has been great in these finals. Um, he's, ever since he's come in, the rookie netminder, he played for the Boston Bruins AHL team, Providence Bruins. He was the Blues' fourth-string goalie going into the year, and he's played for so many OHL and AHL teams, finally getting his chance. And he, boy, he's he proven some people wrong. And he's really kind of the main folk, um, reason the Blues are in this. Um, <coughs> God. Back off. Excuse me. But he's kind of the main reason they're in this position. They also had the coach firing. Uh, it seemed as when Bennington came in, that defense tightened up a little. Uh, their offense got into a groove. So, you know, they've really, the whole thing's been clicking. And I think it started with Bennington and the coach firing. The coach firing does make, the, you know, different coach makes a difference, I'm telling you. Some guys, you know, can get energized for that. But what a story they are. And then there's our self, uh, Bruins. I'm a Bruins fan, at least. Come from Boston, if you don't know already. And I, I think the Bruins have to be the favorite in the series. Now, I, I've heard people saying it, and I even heard the Washington Post say it. Be ready for another banner in Boston. Stop. Stop with it. Stop with that. Stop with it right now. And I hate it. I hate it a lot because you can't take any team lightly in the NHL playoffs. I said it. I said it from the beginning. You can't take a team lightly. Do I think the Bruins should win? Yes. But this is going to be a better series than you think. Okay, and I know, you know, the Bruins have been dominating, but so the Blues. They're here for a reason. It's not easy to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't care if you're the worst team or the best. Every team has a shot. That's just how the NHL is. This isn't the NBA. In the NBA, if you tell me, you know, the Pistons, all right, or, you know, the Magic this year, a team like that, I get it. But, no, this is the NHL. Every team has a shot. I don't want to hear about it. 
I don't. I know I said it with the Hurricane series and they swept, but still. I still, you know, stick up to that word. You can't take a team lightly in the NHL playoffs. A, t- a goalie can get hot and a team can get hot and all of a sudden, you know, your goalie, uh, you know, doesn't have a lot of gas in the tank and all of a sudden you're down 3-0 in the series or 3-1 and, you know, it just happens. That's the NHL playoffs. I can't take an opponent lightly. Now, when it comes down to goaltending, Bennington's been great, but by the way, Rask is playing. I have to give the nod to Rask here, and the Boston Bruins have the advantage in net. And that is very significant, because if Rask plays the way Rask has been playing, and Bennington plays the way Bennington's been playing, expect a low-scoring series, but I give the nod to Rask. I might give the nod to Rask over really anyone at this point with the way he's been playing uh, these playoffs. It shows that uh, the rest paid off. And at first, after that first game, he struggled against the Maple Leafs. Didn't look like that, but all that rest during the regular season has paid off. That load management, and I have to give the nod to the Bruins in net, and that's significant because in the playoffs, it, you play as good as your goalie does. If your goalie goes out there and lays an egg, you're in first round exit. Uh, Calgary Flames, for example. And if your goalie all of a sudden gets hot and his goal allowed average is around two, like to Garaskis, you have a great chance. You might be a serious uh, contender for the Cup. Now, I'm not saying everything relies on the goal. You obviously need some good defensive play. You need to score goals, but a big chunk of it relies on the goalie. He's the most important part to a playoff run. Uh, he's the he's the big he's the nucleus, if you will. And then defensively, who do I give the nod to? I got to give it to the Blues here. Um, Overall, you know, this is actually pretty close, but the Blues just have bigger defensemen. And I just overall think their defense is going to be, you know, you got to give the nod to them. And listen, overall skill-wise, maybe you want to go ahead and and say the Bruins here, but I I have to go with the Blues defense just because they're so much bigger. They're more physical. And not that your defense isn't physical, but you have guys like on that defense like, Matt Grizzlick and Tory Kruger, just little guys who are more offensive minded. And McAvoy's physical, but he's not that big. And Char's big, but at this point, he kind of looks like a road cone out there. He just he just can't move very well, and he's he's been kind of getting uh you know hit you know bullied around a little bit. And then offensively, I see many similarities. You have flashy goal scorers, Tarasenko, Marchand, and both teams utilize all four lines and give them specific game plans. Bruce Cassidy said it, and I have to agree. Both teams are very similar offensively. If I had to give a nod, I'd give the nod to the to the Bees on this one, the Bruins. Um, for good reason. They've they've been really good. Uh, goals for uh, goals scored this season, playoff team stats. Um in this this playoffs, the Bruins have uh, scored on 34% of their power plays. That's first in the league. Blues, 16.7. That's 11th. And in the playoffs, the Bruins have scored, this uh, on average, 3.35 goals per game, which is second in the league. Blues, 2.89, which is sixth in the league. So, yeah. I mean, I have to give the nod to the Bruins there. Uh, I'm not... 
as comfortable with the Blues roster, obviously, as I am with the Bruins. Head-to-head, though, the Bruins this season had one win in overtime loss. The Blues had that one win in overtime and then the loss to the, in regulation to Boston. So, yeah, it was a, pr- it was a pretty good uh, series. Obviously, overtime losses don't count for anything. Just the loss in the playoffs don't count for any points. That doesn't matter. But one thing I don't like is I've heard – Bobby Orr, and I said it. I don't. If I, if I said it, I don't want to hear Bobby Orr if we face the Blues. And yet, today I was scrolling on Sportsnet because I wanted to see a little preview. You know, I wanted to hear what people said about uh, this series. And all of a sudden, I see the Bobby Orr goal pop up, and I was like, "Oh, you're mm, you're kidding!" Oh, and the reason is it might be the most overrated player uh, play in Boston sports history. He's a great play, but. The Blues at the time were basically an expansion team. You were going to sweep them anyway. And overall, the goal itself was a little over. It was a great goal. I love Bobby Orr. It was still a great play, but it's so overrated. And you know, when I saw that video, I didn't even want to watch it, but I did just because just because I, I wanted to. And I still don't I don't want to hear all the Bobby Orr talk. That was the 70s, and for the fact they were an expansion team at the time, you're going to sweep them anyway. It's so overrated. I don't want to hear about Bobby Orr. And I've heard a few people say it. I've heard now Sportsnet say it, which is a pretty big sports website. I, I just don't I don't want to listen to it, um, really. <laughs> Please stop with this Bobby Orr talk. Please. I, I know I sound weird about it, but I, I just can't stand it. It's the 70s. It's 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 well over. It's just over overrated. And I, I just don't really don't want to hear it. Now, I've also heard people say this could be a low scoring series, and I do agree. I think it's gonna be a physical series. Uh two good goal two hot goaltenders. Uh and they got some big players. It's gonna be a physical series. You're the Bruins, you're gonna be physical. But I think there's going to be a few games where the Bruins just run away with like a 5-2 to 6-2 victory. I expect a good series, like at least a 5-6 game series. I do expect the Bruins to win, but don't take the Blues lightly. They've been the hottest team besides the Lightning coming into the playoffs since January, basically. They were the hottest team in the West, and they've stayed that way. They're red hot. They have a good goalie right now. They're playing physical, and they're scoring goals, sorry. But the thing with Bennington is... I, I think he's it's a little overrated in a sense because he's let up some soft goals like Rask, but the, not only that, his defense is really big and you know really takes away those second opportunities like you know tipping goals right in front of the net. You just can't get those on this team. They're too big. They're gonna clear that out. They're also a four checking team offensively, but um, I just think Bennington's just a little overrated because you know. For the fact that, yes, he's had the defense and um, he's also had this playoffs at least. He's still been very good, but just a little because I've seen some five, six goal games. And, you know, he's really played his best when facing elimination or when down in the series. So, you know, game one, I don't know how he's going to do. You know, he's basically a rookie goaltender. Pressure might get to him a little bit. And he's really only performed very well facing elimination or down in the series. Now, he has had some good games in the tie series or when they're up. But facing eliminations when he's been really good. So, you know, I can't really expect a sweep because when he's gone down in the series as well, uh, he's been really good. So, but I do think he's just because all, all the time sprinkle in like a five or six goal game and let them some soft goals. I think there's going to be a few big blow wins for the Bruins, and I think the Blues are going to get some good 3-2, 3-1 wins. Don't
don't expect the sweep. Don't take the Blues lightly, but I still expect the Bruins to win the series. Take them in the Stanley Cup. Obviously, we have a while. I think Stanley Cup starts starts in a bit. So we have some more time to kind of preview this, talk over it, but we're going to be talking a lot about that NHL Stanley Cup finals because I'm so excited. Uh, maybe the Bruins can actually hoist the cup and then the Celtics still just, oh, what a disaster. They're just ruining everything, uh, ruining the Grand Slam. How good would that be to get a Grand Slam in this century? Like back in the day, that would be great. No one's ever done it. Not even back in the day. To do it in this century, you don't know how impressive that would be. And anyone that didn't think we were the best sports city, that would put the icing on the cake right there. But no, no one said the Celtics. Uh, it, like I don't, I didn't expect them to beat the Warriors, but at least compete, be a fun team to watch. But anyway, uh, we already talked about that. So yeah, that's my preview for the Bruins and Blues series. Uh, that's gonna be a good one. Don't sleep on the Blues. So now we're gonna talk about the all defensive NBA team. So let's get to that. All right. So as we know yesterday which i'm referring to tuesday the nba announced their all rookie first and second teams i did my reaction to that now unfortunately i don't recall um, making my all defensive teams so i don't i didn't do that unfortunately so i i can't compare what i got wrong what i got right i know bummer um but we're going to go over um that team anyway um I just want to throw it out there. There were some humorous votes. James Harden and Kyrie Irving each received votes at the guard position. Now, James Harden actually racked up a good amount of steals, but he's not that good at defense. I, I James Harden is still a humorous vote to me, but I could see someone actually seeing it just because he got a lot of steals. So he still definitely shouldn't be on that team. And Kyrie is just an absolute joke because he's, he's no good at defense. And then Jordan Bell also received a vote despite playing only 11 minutes a game. Now, Jordan Bell's not bad at defense. It's just he's not all defensive worthy, especially if you only play 11 minutes, you shouldn't be either. Now, the first team consisted of Eric Bledsoe, Marcus Smart, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Paul George, and Rudy Gobert. Very good team. I'd say that's pretty pretty worthy. Giannis, Paul George, and Rudy Gobert are the three finalists for Defensive Player of the Year. So there's no shocker they were going to be on there. And then the front court, uh, backcourt, Eric Bledsoe and Marcus Smart taking those positions. Then the second team, you had Drew Holiday, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard, and Joel Embiid. Now, I look at those. Those are some good players. But anyway, I think the one that I would probably switch is Marcus Smart and Drew Holiday. Or even Marcus Smart for Kawhi. I don't think Marcus Smart. I'm, I'm a Celtics fan too, and I respect Marcus Smart because although the flopping, I haven't seen as much of him. He's a hard competitor, and this team, you know, just when they just weren't fighting, he was. I really respect Marcus Smart, but I don't think he deserves to be on the first team. He's a great defender, but first team, I was a little surprised to see him there. I thought, I thought there was more of a chance he didn't make it at all than first team, but apparently, I thought he's first team. Maybe I'm just uh, underrating Marcus Smart, which. Surprising because I'm a Celtics fan, but no, I think you know it's a well deserved. But I'd switch him with Drew Holiday just personally, or maybe even Kawhi, someone like that. Clay finally getting on an all defensive team. He's always been an underrated defensive winger, known for his shooting. But no, he's he's under he's quietly probably the best three and D wing in the league, like wing. Um, because think about it, he's probably the second best three point shooter behind. Um, What's his name? Steph, and he's top ten defender this year. So yeah, 
I'd say that makes him, you know, maybe Paul George, but uh, you know, that's it's debatable. Okay, it's debatable, but no, not not too much to say here. I mean, it's tough to really. I wish I made my predictions again when I did the all rookie teams. It wasn't a long segment, but. Uh, you know, personally, I thought Eric Bledsoe was very underrated defender this year, so it was nice to see him get recognition. I feel like he's just an underrated player in general, and when most people think about him, you know, he's a good slashing point guard in a way. But, no, his defense is definitely very underrated and why he's such a good player, uh, definitely. And, yeah, Marcus Smart, I'd say, should probably be on the second team. But Giannis, definitely, Paul George and Rudy Gobert all deserve to be there. Joel was honestly very good as well, but that front court, the top three defenders in the league were all forwards or centers, so there's nothing really Joel could do. I think Joel will make quite a few first-team all uh, defensive all-team appearances as long as he can stay healthy. He'll make uh, quite a few. Uh, Kawhi, again, Draymond's already has fair share. Clay finally getting on there. Drew Holiday, again, that's the one I'd switch for Marcus Smart. But, yeah, there's not too much. You can't really get too mad about this. Uh, you know, Again, the Marcus Smart, I still think, was a little bit of a mistake there, but... I'm not complaining. Um, you know, it's not really something you can mess up with the NBA. And I see a few humorous votes on there. But, yeah, not too much to say here. Just going over that, my thought. The one real big thing I changed there. Again, Marcus Martin, Drew Holiday. Sorry for saying it over and over again. Just saying that's the one thing I changed. But, again, it is, it is what it is. Uh, I think the defensive player of the year is a lot more important. These rookie teams, all defensive teams, are nice little things to see. But, again... Who, who really cares too much? So now we're going to get to the Red Sox big 3-10 loss in Toronto yesterday, Tuesday night. So let's get to that. So the Red Sox got stomped on last night, 10-3 against the Blue Jays in Toronto at Rogers Center. Eduardo Rodriguez was on the mound, pitched five innings, let up six hits, all earned runs, six earned runs at least, and three walks, five strikeouts. It was an interesting game, really. And one point I proved is that the Red Sox, with runners in scoring position, such an overrated team. Okay? Now, I've seen them clutch up. You know, they're down by a run with, you know, runners on first and third, second and third, or bases loaded. They'll be down by a run or it'll be a tie game. Oh, the Red Sox take the lead. Or the Red Sox are starting to run away with the game. But... No, if they're down by, you know, a few runs, you know, it seems unlikely they're going to win the game. Or, you know, it's not, you know, the eighth or ninth or even seventh inning. Or, you know, eighth or ninth inning. If it's not really a really close game with tension and really something on the line, that's to be a lot on the line. Because this team is just horrible with runners in scoring position. And they've proven that to me. They're so inconsistent. One day, they're lights out with runners in scoring position. And then the next, they're horrible. They, they, I don't know how else to say it. Again, J.D. Martinez is great with running scoring position in play yesterday. But fourth inning, fourth inning, the bases are loaded. Uh, one out, bases loaded. Moreland strikes out. Bogart strikes out, and all of a sudden, in a blink of the eye, we got no runs with bases loaded. One out. And Moreland's your third hitter. So you, you had your third and fourth hitter up with bases loaded with one out, and you didn't come away with the run? You're kidding. That's a joke. That is an absolute joke. And then the that fourth inning was just oh, a terror. That was terror. You didn't come away with the run. Then back-to-back home runs for Telez and Grichik. And at that point, Rodriguez was like, oh, I didn't mind keeping Rodriguez in, though. 
come in for a mound visit, just calm down, you know, let's see how the rest of this goes. Then the fifth inning. The fifth inning, you know, maybe when, you know, it's runners on second and third and the guy that just hit a home run was up and Eduardo Rodriguez has now let up two back-to-back home runs and then they're sending two back-to-back hits. And the guy that just hit a home run is back up in Eduardo Rodriguez is at 90 pitches. Maybe then you take him out. But instead, no, let's keep let's keep him on the mound. Let, you know what? I'm going to keep him on the mound. That's what we're going to do. And let the game just be 6 nothing. Then you brought in Tyler Thornburg. And at that point, I, I, I have to say, just throwing in the towel. Um, this guy, I just hate him. Nothing against him personally. I just hate Tyler Thornburg. And even worse, he came in. He's throwing up meatballs, top shelf, walking guys. Let's have four base runners, uh, t- two earned runs. And you don't take him out. That's the worst part. You didn't take him out. So not only are you throwing in the towel by putting him in, I know he's going to have to pitch at times. But that kind of shows, you know, all right, Coors kind of like, you know what, what are the odds? We really win this game, make a comeback. He puts him in, but after Thornburg, you know, is letting up runs, consistent base runners, just can't buy an out. He keeps him in. He did get three strikeouts, but he had a while to do so. He really did. So, you know, this court kind of just sitting there and saying, who cares? You know, just let him let him do thing. Brewer comes in, and just I, that that bullpen. I, I just don't know what to say. Rodriguez, I gotta stop overrating him a little. Uh, I was before. Listen, I just got hope, high hopes for the kid. He's a little inconsistent, though. I will say. Uh, but yeah, I mean, no JD Martinez yesterday. But again, you got exposed. And then what? The seventh inning, you had bases loaded with no outs, no outs. Bet struck out. And then I believe it was Betts. Then uh, Moreland struck out, I think, too, and Bogarts grounded out. So, again, two times you had bases loaded, one out, no outs. Heart of the lineup couldn't get it done. So that's the heart of your lineup there, too. It's not the bottom of the lineup with bases loaded. And, like, two outs. Heart of your lineup, bases loaded with one out. Heart of your lineup, bases loaded with no outs. You didn't muster one run from there. Three home runs last night. Moreland Devers stayed hot. That was good to see. And JBJ, two for four, back-to-back nights with home runs. That was great to see his bat heating up a little bit. I always say he's a little bit of a liability. He's a great fielder, but he's just such a liability um, in the batting lineup. So, yeah, I mean, that was their game yesterday. Again, you know, losses, games like that just kind of happen. Rodriguez couldn't find it. It was a poorly managed game. I think Alex Cora hasn't been thrilling this year because not only has your record not been great, but, you know, he hasn't been able to kind of get the guys to consistently focus. And overall, his managing, he just takes the pitchers out too late sometimes or even sometimes too early. Like, I don't know. He just – his managing just been a little off this year. But – I think they'll be all right. You know, we just got to keep pushing forward. But to think that we're not even in the playoffs right now has to, you know, make you a little concerned. It is still May, but we're starting to get, we're getting better. We're definitely getting better. Just last night, we got to redeem ourselves and, you know, finish this series in convincing fashion. Like, you know, one win and a good loss or just win both games. You know, if you, you know, we can't get another 10 to 3 loss like last night, or we can't lose both. If you lose both, I'm going to be real mad. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the Red Sox game last night in a nutshell, right there for you. Uh, thank you guys for listening.
Colin on the Acre Mobile app, anything you disagree with that I said, anything you want to argue about, talk about, whatever, even some episode suggestions that maybe you don't want me to add into the episode, you just want to contact me, uh, just call in on the Anchor Mobile app and tell me you don't want it in the episode, that's fine, and I'll definitely take up your suggestion right now. It's a great tool to use, especially because right now we're still... You know, we're still growing in viewers, so no one's really calling in. So now's your chance to just get the spotlight to yourself. Uh, because in the future, I think we're going to get uh, some more callers for sure. Because, uh, again, I'm going to, I love doing this, so I'm going to keep doing it. So in the future, you know, calling in, you're still, I'm still going to respond to you in the future. I'm not saying I won't, but I'm just saying it's going to be a little harder because there's going to be, you know, more and more people going to start calling in. But now the spotlight's yours at this point. I don't know where Billy went. Uh, it, George is just kind of one and done, kind of like Charles, but it'd be great to see Billy come back. God, he's been gone for a while. Uh, but yeah, you guys can take the place of Billy. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Also, go follow my Instagram after the buzzer sports talk. No lowercase, all, uh, all lowercase. Uh, yeah, all lowercase, no spaces. Sorry about that. That's again after the buzzer sports talk. All lowercase, no spaces. I keep you contacted on episodes and whatnot. Uh, cool little feature there for you guys as well. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.